Neat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's like half of that's half of our intro. So I, I I'll take it. It's like we are the okay, pretty okay gamers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Justin. Hey, Josh. What's up? <laughs> well, um, it's it's that time again, and I Already? think we're recording some kind of media-based episode of some kind of talk show based. I don't even know anymore. What? It's I don't know. It's a podcast. Yeah, it's I'm, a podcast. Just, it's we're doing a podcast. We're doing a thing right now. Um, so it is past easter so happy belated easter everybody we are recording our ninth episode crazy nine episodes already i know already already i feel like it's just like we blinked and everything was here granted we had recorded a few and posted them at the same time but uh we've been we've been at it for a bit and i'm really happy at where we are already i don't know about you but I've had way more fun than this and this podcast than I did in the last one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say is yeah. No, uh <laughs> this is um this is more fun because I can say controversial things, not that I ever do <laughs> and not feel weird about it and not get worried that the internet's gonna come crucify me. So here I am saying non controversial things, but if I wanted to, I you certainly could. could. Cause no one likes trolls better than the gaming community so <laughs> they are the best halo sucks <laughs> yeah i don't even want to touch that <laughs> says the man who said who sent me a, a screenshot or a picture the other day of you uh signing up was it did you show me a picture or did you show me in person that you had signed up for halo i showed you in person yeah no yeah, i got the email exactly. they're like welcome to a halo newsletter and a bit of josh died inside <laughs> three four three is like we did it well you know i wanted to sign up for the sign up for the beta or whatevs the beta or whatevs anyway so just so everyone knows josh has agreed on I guess willingly to eventually play Halo with me. And I think we're going to take advantage of the fact that Halo custom, oh, sorry, I said Halo custom edition again, Halo Master <laughs> Chief collection will be coming to the PC and it'll start with Halo Reach, which we've kind of already talked about, but they're having a beta sign up or well, you sign up on Halo Insider and then you get put in the queue for the beta. Uh, and there's supposed to be several. So uh, I got to jump in. I still haven't even done it myself. Yeah. surprise um but i'm excited for you to do that, that yeah fun. it's the multiplayer i mean not the multiplayer let me back up a couple steps it's the cooperative that gets me i yes. love love cooperative games so yeah. any chance i get to grab another or jump into another i'm all for right i uh i have a question for you i don't think we've like discussed this in person and you can edit this out if it ends up being Oh boy! Silly. But did we decide if this was supposed to be a secret for next episode? Like, what's happening next week? No. Okay. I, cool. We didn't decide. Okay. We didn't talk about it. But I Is don't it... think I don't think it's a secret. Nah. Well, okay, cool. So I I I won't be here next week. So Josh is going to be recording an episode with somebody. I don't know who it is yet. I do, but I don't. Well, why? Yeah. It's not a secret. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna have I guess Adam Castro back. Yeah, jump on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have yeah. Adam back. 
I'm not going to talk about some something I don't care about. So I'm kind of glad I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> I I would I would be sitting in a corner while the two of them are talking, and I would have no input at all. Well, you know, we actually went down a whole list of uh, topics, which is okay. to say two, and decided on whatever you would be least interested in. Because, Good. you know, That's you, nice you like co-host this show or something, I guess. So <laughs> I didn't want to, like, you know, <laughs> do Star Wars games or something, you know, where you wouldn't be able to put your two cents into the conversation oh that's good i appreciate it thank you for being a good friend <laughs> yeah sure but uh yeah so stay tuned to that i i look forward to listening to something i wasn't on an, on at all so that's gonna be weird but, uh, <laughs> your like, own really, show you're not my on own it. show and then and then and then we're gonna upload it and I'm like hey i'm not even in this thing so <laughs> That's going to be okay. But I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say and whatever you guys talk about. I'm going to probably be laughing and, uh, pretty hard because Adam's just a funny guy. He likes to bring out the best in us, I guess. Yeah, or maybe yeah I worst. like him. He's cool. All right. What is this, Lucas? I don't remember posting this in the news. What is this? That's because you didn't. That's because ah, I did. Holy cow. Uh, Really, it's just on StarWars.com. They posted a interview with the vice president of no wait hang on let me vice president of lucasfilm and the ceo of respawn talking about the new star wars game what is it star wars jedi something something the star wars jedi fallen order fallen order thank (laughs) you it says it right there (laughs) can you not Um, read nothing crazy in this interview it just it's there's a couple little nuggets here and there i suggest just reading through it it's a quick read but um it is kind of neat because you can see how dedicated they are i mean the game's already mostly built and written if you will so you can see how dedicated they are to this single player idea and the fact that it's a star wars game and supposed to tell a story and that's the main focus so that was fun to read so i would just read through it when you get a chance um and they didn't, again, drop any new info, but um, they did talk about the fact that combat is central to the game and that it's um, the the interviewer tried to ask basically if it's very much like Titanfall combat. And they're like, yeah. no, it's very different. So um, but it's very core and very key and it will uh, oh. make you feel like a Jedi. The other question they brought up was. You know, the Spider-Man game on PlayStation 4 makes you feel like you're playing Spider-Man. Is there a similar or parallel feeling to a Jedi here? And they're like, yes, very much so, but it's not the same style of play necessarily. So I don't know. It'll be fun and interesting to see what happens with this game. It's hilarious looking through the uh, script on this. Like some of the questions they're asking, um, they're like, uh, so it's a Star Wars game and it's made by Respawn. <laughs> and it's like, that's what we're giving you. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the second sister is. I don't remember who that is. Am I missing out on who that is? The second sister? That's the villain, I guess. No, is, I don't know. I'll have to read into lore. It's been a while. Josh and I have read, I would say, quite a lot of books into the old canon. So You more than the, me, for sure. Yeah, I guess. The decanonized and then even the, the newer books that have come out. I haven't read a lot other than, I think, the Aftermath. Like by Chuck Wynn. I can't even remember his last name. But anyways, uh, 
I I just like when other people get cracks at the Star Wars universe and maybe can really hone into what makes Star Wars awesome and just looking at the screenshots and how people are getting really excited, I'm just going to try and be optimistic that yeah. it will be good. So Yeah, I, I like to call it ripe for disappointment, but yes, I, I feel yeah. the same way. I'm um, just going to play it anyways. So. Just real-time follow-up, which yeah. I hate saying that. I don't know why I keep saying that. Real-time follow-up, yeah. Uh, it was a, she appeared, she, she appeared in a comic book. Uh, so oh, okay. there's been many comic books uh, since Disney took over the Star Wars franchise, and I have not read any of them, which is a sin because I have heard very good things about them. Anyway, uh, it was called Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, 19 Fortress Vader, Part One. Hmm. <laughs> but, wow! That's, but uh, she was a character, and that's the villain person you see jump on the ship in the trailer. She's got that helmet. She looks really cool, actually. So she almost looks like she's a a, a Sith or something. Yeah, because she's an Inquisitor under Darth Vader. So that's I'm going to stop reading this article because now I'm going to spoil myself. And not only that, you're going to go into a rabbit hole, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we well, won't that's get exciting. This podcast done and. You know how the people like this podcast. We like to stay on point and in a schedule. Which mm. you know, it's not to get off topic, but we started out trying just to do willy nilly, but now we have a schedule. And, we and do I like it. I think so. Like we have the the little follow up session that we we go through, and if we don't have any follow up, we go to our little news section. We talk about what's happening in the in the real world, and then we talk about the main topic. And yeah, I, something like that. But but it kind of looks and feels nice. Anyways. It just flowed naturally, Justin. It yes, took it its natural course. I do like that. I really appreciate that we we are doing a natural something natural. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so I have a question for you. Okay. I I have a a uh, something I've been debating. I don't know Uh-oh. if I should do this or not. Um, I'm traveling next week, and hence the podcast with Adam. Yes, hence. And I have this question that came up to myself. I just thought about it. Okay. I know people like to travel with some uh, some of their video game console, not consoles, handhelds. Like so, uh, like maybe in, back in the day, people you know would come outside their house. Yes, I know, Josh. Oh my god. And play Game Boys or DS, and they would bring them with them through like maybe some car rides or even in this case a, a plane or a, taking a a trip to a place and you know going on a plane and playing i i have never really done that other than like i've never taken a device on the plane besides my phone and ipad and computer which sounds funny because they're more expensive <laughs> most of the time yeah than these handheld but for some reason i'm afraid to bring the switch with me but i kind of want to but i don't so so what's funny though is that these are mobile gaming devices so you can take uh, them with you and yes, go places i know um i get the feeling on the switch it's a similar feeling i have for not similar exactly but i would rather take my ipad places than my macbook pro which is weird yeah. because like i feel like my macbook pro costs a lot of money blah 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 i don't want to mm-hmm. get it stolen so on and so right. forth right right it just feels more expensive Likewise, I feel like if I had my Nintendo, my Nintendo 3DS rather, and my Nintendo Switch, and I was trying to decide 
which one I was going to take with me, it'd be the same feeling. I'd feel like I'd want to leave the Switch at home and probably take the 3DS with me. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's just not as desirable. I don't know. It's a weird way of thinking about it. But I, it's also... I, I think about this a lot. It's also very much a, my own hang-up, I would say, where yeah. there's no reason you can't take the Switch. That's the whole point oh, God, of the no. Switch. So, yeah. And a lot of people do it all the time. Yeah. I just didn't know... I just don't know how to get over the fact that that it, it it's totally okay to bring it. Not that it's okay, but like for some reason it I'm is. more scared to lose the Switch than my own MacBook Pro and iPad, which will be coming with me. Oh so, yeah. Like, like I that's what cracks me up is that both of those are more well. In retrospect, the iPad is relatively the same price, give or take inflation and places that it's on sale. But anyways they're the, roughly the same price or ex- more expensive yet right. i'm you know not caring about that cuz that makes sense to me i don't know i'm i'll i'll think about it but really i might just default to bringing the ipad with and just sticking with that so i can read or do something but well, you know maybe you I, could uh put a couple mobile games on your ipad and game with your ipad over my dead body <laughs> i'm kidding oh my god <laughs> Uh, I I, have, I will tell I, you that the last time I went on a trip on a plane and back again, taking my 3DS was imperative. It was amazing. It actually made that trip from lousy to marginal. You know, it could have been the worst trip in the world, and it ended up being pretty good because I brought my 3DS, and when I was left all to my lonesome in the middle of a country loser. that I didn't know. I just holed up in a couple spots in town and just played my 3DS while it was nice outside. Or, you know, if I wanted to play a game real quick uh, before I fell asleep, that was nice too. It was just, it was great having it with me. And the 3DS was, I would say, maybe a little bit more fun because of the number of games I could bring with me. Um, You know, you can buy all the Nintendo and Super Nintendo games that are super popular as well as bring actual 3DS games or DS games. So um, there were a lot of things I brought with me to play on it, and Mm -hmm. it it was just endless fun, basically, to have it with me. Mm. I I think I might contemplate this more. I... Oh my God, Justin! Be... You can't think about it. There's no thinking. You could bring you could bring Breath of the Wild with you on an airplane uh, and have true. it with you on a trip. Breath of the people... Wild. I just I, you there's know no cracks... thinking involved. <laughs> that is true. I just think here's the other thing that's the deep down inside. People are gonna probably like sigh or laugh or like, why do you care? But what do people think about somebody who's, you know, older, not a child, playing their DS or? switch on a plane do but you, you don't care what people think justin yeah i right? know i don't i don't okay. care all right i just want to clear that up clearly it bothers me <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think they think anything i don't think they care i think that yeah. it's just another device and you know maybe you'll meet a couple you know neighbors sitting next to you if you whip it out and oh my gosh if you pull no, out the, don't say- <laughs> the, the nintendo switch Oh my and god! You're like, oh, I'm gonna play myself some uh, some Breath of the Wild real quick. They might oh be like, gosh. "Wow, I love that game," or "What game is that?" or "Wow, that's cool." But like, jealous? Sorry. Could be. Yeah, my luck. I'll get set like I always do next to two huge, broad people, and I'm stuck in the middle. 
They prefer oh. big boned, just so you know. Big boned. Yeah. I'm or sorry. you know what? You could have the movie experience, right? You pull out the Nintendo 3DS. Oh my gosh, not the 3DS. You pull out the Nintendo Switch and then cut to the next scene where you both have a Joy-Con in your hand and you're playing Mario Kart, you know? That yeah, could be I don't the think movie that's, situation. That's not going to happen. I wouldn't even <laughs> some rando wants to play. No, I'm good. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> but I'm on my plane ride. Uh, all right. Well, maybe I'll I, I, just think I'll about still, it. I'll think about it. We'll see what happens. I'll I, report back when I'm back, not next week, but the following week. I um, I have a hard time reading for very long, extended periods of time, so I end yeah. up usually defaulting to some kind of device at some point in between reading sessions on a yeah. long flight. I The last time I went on a long flight, the person that went with me I was like looking over my shoulder where she was sitting and she just read through a whole book on one flight out. And I was like, holy cow, how can you do that? So if you're able to do that, maybe it's not as big of a deal. But for me, it was huge and imperative to have it with me. Yeah, I think, well, too, the way I look at it is I want to reduce the amount of crap that I'm bringing. But at this point, I already have a carry-on and a backpack and my backpack's pretty awesome. It's It fits a lot of stuff, so... This is yet another reason why Mac gaming and iOS gaming are so important, like mobile gaming, because then it's just one less device you have to bring with you and you still can game. I could finally try and jump on board to the Stardew Valley if I just like bought the Stardew app and I could just play that or some other game. And that's mindless. I put my headphones in and and listen to some podcast or music and just play yeah. the game that's a thought well enough about that do you have anything else news related or anything you wanted to chat about um i want to was it last week when we talked about mobile? oh my gosh justin yes i can't even remember week. we talked about mobile games last week right yeah yes so last week we talked about mobile games mm-hmm. and Part of that was talking about roguelike genres slash permadeath genre, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, correct, correct. I picked up again. Ooh, Ooh what did you a buy? game called Darkest Dungeon. The Darkest Dungeon, you say. Okay. Yes, so I've had it on PC for a long time, and I played it a couple times, and strangely, I've had... The feeling I do with Stardew Valley, which is it's a little overwhelming, which really is just mean getting not being old. able to let go of my stupid brain mm-hmm. issues, you know, which isn't never mind. So the point is that I rebought it on the iPad because I was bored and I've been playing through it and it's great on the iPad because, you know, you could sit and listen to podcasts or just chill out and um, just do whatever. And it somehow has less i don't want to say permanence but like it's less overwhelming you just play through for however long and then you come back to it later and it's not a big deal so it's a lot of fun and super hard and really brutal but still so much fun it's a great dungeon crawler Uh, i'm sure everyone listening to this already has it and knows about it. it's an older game so you know it's great and i just wanted to say on the ipad it's also great interesting i'm looking at it Right now on the iPad, because I couldn't find it on my phone. And, yeah, I can see... 
why you can get overwhelmed. It looks like there's a lot of input. Possibly, I don't know. Maybe I'm just. Yeah, I mean the interface is crowded. You could say, but I feel like that's part of the charm. I'm putting charm in quotes. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of. It, it's one of those games that looks simple, but then when you get into it, there's it's actually very deep in strategy and um, management. So you have to manage your party, and you have to manage what they have and their weapons and their skills. And even saying that makes it sound more overwhelming than it actually is, but it still takes a lot of time and effort to put your party together. Hmm. Interesting. It's great, though, because it's it's not just a dungeon crawler, right? It's like you... You've never played it before, I'm gathering? No, that's where, I, I, we're, no. that's where we're, Yeah, so you... The whole premise is that... You inherit a mansion, you as the player, mm. and you have to put together a team to delve into this basic hellscape underneath the mansion. And so it's very uh, macabre and very demon-esque and undead-esque where your your party members, you have to manage how much food you bring with you when you delve into the dungeon. You have to manage... Um, their stress levels and if they get too stressed out they'll actually freak out and depending on their own random personalities will freak out in different ways nice. and then you have to kind of relieve their stress back at town when you get back from the dungeon there's a lot to it but it's a lot of fun because you can you get this narration in the background from uh the guy who basically gave um you inherited the mansion from yeah and it's it's just this I don't know. It's very atmospheric and a lot of fun. So uh, I would check it out if you have a chance. And that could be a great playing game, you know, and, you know, you could play for X amount of time and then go do something else on the plane. But it's fun. Hmm. I will have to uh, take a look at it then. Maybe. I, I can't promise I'll probably buy it, but um, <laughs> what was I going to say? It's only $5 too, which is, you know, FTL is a great game, but that's $10. So. Not that $10 is a lot of money, but it is double the cost of $5. So $5 is, you know, pretty straightforward. So that's funny, the idea that this is a port, essentially, right? It is kind of, yeah. I recall a conversation I had with you about the Switch and ports, as well as we, you, and ports. Correct me if I'm wrong. But weren't you kind of against the idea of having things ported over to the Switch? Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. But like a game like Doom or something, or like Skyrim being ported over, having this whole idea that it it's not going to be the same or it like loses its value. Did you have that mental or that opinion, or was I thinking about somebody else? I did have that opinion about. I don't know if we talked about it. I don't know. I do have that opinion about certain games ported to the switch Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm trying to think of so like doom is a good example because of how fast paced doom is and it really benefits from having the keyboard and mouse i would say i think it would be hard to play that not hard but it would it would lose something when you're playing with a controller i don't know you could say the same thing about maybe skyrim I feel like you gain something from the keyboard and mouse. Okay. And so I wouldn't say that about every port, especially something like Darkest Dungeon where it's turn-based and there's no actual, 
you know, controls, it's not necessary to have physical controls on that kind of game. So you just kind of tap whatever you want and drag and drop. It's very touch friendly. So it's, it's not like you need to quickly turn around and control where you're looking and all that stuff. It's 2d, you tap where you want to go. It's simple. Um, but yeah, I think that the switch is a certain kind of game system, which is mobile, a mobile game system in the end. Yeah, you plug it in and you get it on the TV or whatever, but then you still have a controller. And there's certain games where, it, I, in my opinion, it just benefits from having a keyboard and a mouse more so than certain other games where it doesn't. You know, I would say Breath of the Wild, you could play that with keyboard and mouse and it probably wouldn't gain anything other than people who prefer keyboard and mouse. Yeah. I, but I can see that. I don't think you'd lose anything either. So I don't know. It just it depends on the game. So and the other part of it is I already own some of those games on PC. Yes, I own Darkest Dungeon on PC, but I don't have my PC with me all the time. And that's again, the type of game really depends. So I feel like that's why I'm now into Darkest Dungeon because it's on my iPad. I have my iPad at random times when just jumping into a turn-based drag and drop game makes sense. Whereas when I sit down, this is the problem I have with the PC. I'm sorry, I'm going a little long here, Gosh. but this is the problem I have with the PC. Like, if I'm gonna sit down and set time aside to play on my PC, I feel like it has to be something substantial and something fun and useful and maximize the time I have sitting in front of the PC. And that usually doesn't mean Darkest Dungeon in my head. You know, in my head that'd be like, let's play some BattleTech. Or let's play some, I don't know, Left 4 Dead. Or let's let's play something more substantial and just a bigger game. It's the PC, for goodness sake. Let's push it a little bit. Right. I don't know. Does any of that make sense? No, it does. I get it. It, it depends on the game and the, and the way of style or the way it's played that makes it yes. hit or miss. So I, I, I would, and then to the like Halo, uh, referring back to Halo, I would, I would <laughs> sure as heck not want that on Nintendo. Like I would. This is the Halo podcast. Apparently, I would definitely not want to play Halo on the Nintendo Switch. It just, to me, would not work out the way I want it to, and it would just feel wrong. So, like again, I'll, now why would you? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Because it's Nintendo. Like, is it just that it's a Nintendo system, or is oh it, yeah, it's just like because I already have weird feelings that Square has now has this more feel or has this feeling of being okay that xbox slash microsoft has you know final fantasy games on it and same thing with nintendo i mean uh i well i guess not nintendo but more xbox slash microsoft with the ability to play kingdom hearts 3 and uh other games are being brought over there like i it's surprising because if we i grew up at least with those games being specific to a console they were console only or what's the word they use uh that i'm blanking on right now first party no um console specific it's like a exclusive, exclusive thank you well console uh, a specific console that they're only on they're exclusive to that console and so it, it feels weird to play games that are like halo or i feel like they would be weird to play on a game a console that isn't uh wh where it is usually played or where it started at which doesn't mean anything because there's really no difference between PlayStation and Xbox. It's just the 
they're console games like you're playing the same type of games on both of those consoles and they can play each other's games they have the yeah. powerhouse to do so yeah so let's back up a number of steps <laughs> um so you grew up with square being on playstation is that what you're saying yeah. and then you know because they used to be on nintendo exclusively ah, so then yeah then Nintendo screwed the pooch and they went straight to PlayStation. So hmm. that's when that happened. Yeah. Um, it's only been recent that they crossed back over, which is nice. That said, mine is a little bit different where I was relating it to the style of game with the controls and how natural it feels to play on that hardware. Yeah. Where I can understand you feeling weird if they put halo on a nintendo system but i still feel like that's different i mean you still have the dual sick dual stick style gameplay right. so i don't it would feel the same to me it just would be on a switch you know i don't know i don't know so or maybe i'm just being a pain in the butt like i normally am so <laughs> i'm just gonna stick with that okay i like it i i accept that all right let's let's talk about the real cool thing that's happened just uh the other day technically in tokyo it would have been the 21st but in the u.s it's the 22nd but okay we just celebrated the 30th anniversary of the game boy yes how and exciting is that it immediately made me feel very old because you should feel because that yeah. is i have children that are younger than the game boy system it's it's just a little scary well, I guess, yeah, in that perspective, I, I can see that. But <laughs> the, what makes it even more scary is that the Game Boy is older than me. Yes, that's not something you should ever repeat again. Why? I, I'm i okay with the fact that... I'm not. Just because oh. you're okay with it doesn't mean I'm okay with it. Oh, okay. Well, whoops. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. I... To me, that surprises me because I didn't realize that it actually had came out in 1989. I yeah, well, it was a big deal. It was huge. Well, clearly. There were no handheld systems like that. No. And, you know, I think I made a Twitter comment because it was, it was blowing up all over Twitter. And, oh, of course. Um, I said something about something, something. It was I'm the old. first time you could play real games. Yeah. You know, in your hands. Robber, robber, yeah. Yeah, which I, I didn't feel like defining anything at the time mm -hmm. on Twitter. But what I meant by that is before you had like Game & Watch games and Tiger say, games. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were very, you know, the LCD, if they were LCDs or, or I forget what they actually were they called. They were, yeah. They were the, LCD. Yeah, the LCDs were pre-programmed with specific spots that would light up mm -hmm. to show where the character moved or because the race stuff car moved. Stuff like that. Yeah, like it wasn't a dynamic screen. It was pre pre-programmed basically to show where things moved specifically in specific spots. So it was very very static the way that it played. I wouldn't call that the same kind of video game as what you played on Game Boy. And that was why it was such a big deal. It came out and it was like, "Wow, this thing's the real deal. Like you can hold Nintendo in your hands." <laughs> it was great. pretty that's pretty impressive. I mean, this was really what uh, obviously sparked the whole mobile gaming uh, movement. And there aren't really any other games out there or companies that have created anything like the Game Boy. I mean, let's let's not get too ahead of ourselves. 
the uh, the Game Boy was released in Tokyo uh, April 21st, 1989, uh, and shortly after it was released at the same time to the U.S. And to this day, just to like throw numbers out there, uh, it has sold, I guess according to this article which we've posted, it has sold over 118.69 not very nice million hardware <laughs> units to this day. That's nuts. I can I, tell you're under 30. What? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, ha, nice job. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's a lot of consoles. And that's a lot of consoles. And they, the only real competitor that came later was the Game Gear. And I don't remember. I'm going to look it up in a minute what year that came out. But uh, it, I don't even know it was is. later. It was later than the Game Boy, and the Game so the Game Boy was unrivaled for quite a while. Yeah, and oh my, Seg- was it a Sega? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I ever played that. Oh, I loved my Game Gear. Wow, almost as much as I loved my Game Boy. Well, the thing is, the Game Boy. I I'm trying to think of the first one I played. I played. I can't say the original one. I think it was called the Pocket because there's like different versions of the Game Boy, and I'm using Wikipedia to to help me out here. But there was the Game Boy Pocket, I think, is the one, or Game Boy Light is what I played. Oh, it was God. like it was like right between, huh? It was right between the color and what whatever was before the colors. What I played, it was uh, mine that was, was red. The pocket. I think that was the Pocket. Okay, good. So that's the one I had. I had red because I had the 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 thing on the side where you can adjust the contrast or adjust the the screen yeah darkness or whatever you want to call it yeah yeah that's the one I played which what came out in ninety six really yeah I hmm. and that's the thing is like the original Game Boy was was a smash success because it was unparalleled at the time and the Game Gear came out a year later in Japan apparently which I didn't think it was that short of a time. Wow. Which shocks me because the Game Gear was a bigger system but had a color screen, which is a huge deal at the time. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, the original Game Boy monochrome screen, it was a big beast. Like, it was pretty thick. And um, it, it's not like the sound was stereo. I think it was mono sound. So <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy by today's standards. But at the time, the fact that you could carry Mario around with you... And maybe pretty we'll awesome. get to that game. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Because that game wasn't really a very Mario-esque. It was, it was a very different Mario game. It didn't really feel very Mario, but it still was Mario. So it's what you had, and you could take it with you anywhere. Yes, anywhere, Justin. And then you could play anywhere. it anywhere. And uh, I remember a lot of car rides playing Kirby's Dreamland or Zelda, uh, which uh, Zelda came out a while later. I have to get the actual year. But um, uh, I played a lot of Kirby's Dreamland, so it just a handheld system. Being able to take it with you was just amazing, amazing. You know, it's funny too is that I'm looking through the variations of the Game Boy, and there are Game Boy variations that uh, I didn't know about. So, like, there's the Game Boy Micro, which yes, came out, which came out, which wasn't. I guess it was available for the U.S., but then was discontinued and yes. is only really available in Europe and whatnot, which is crazy because uh, I, I didn't know that. So the ones, I want to step back really quick. One, 
the Game Boy I started with was, like I said, the lighter, the pocket. I got the Game Boy Color. I got that that awesome teal blue color, and I think I had that forever. And, of course, the battery, the big thing for me, like the battery back, yeah. the battery plate always fell off, so I ended up having like to tape it. So I taped <laughs> it really nicely, and every time I had to change the battery, I had to put new tape on. But I oh, just abused this. I abused the hell out of that game. Boy, that that thing was so good. Oh, I think um, what the heck is going on? My Alexa is currently updating. <laughs> it started oh, turning okay. blue, and I was scared. Uh, but yeah, it was such a good con- like such a good Game Boy. I loved that so much. I had I played so much Pokemon, like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of Pokemon on that. So good. I miss those days. Yeah, I think Pokemon Red was my second game. Mm. Or, I'm sorry, my third game, rather. Uh, I had Tetris, then I had Kirby's Dream. No, it was my fourth. I had Tetris, then I got Mario Land. Then I got Kirby's Dream Land. Then I got Pokemon Red. And I don't know, even then it didn't really jive with me as much. It was... I wasn't really into as many RPGs as I am now, but even still, it was very basic. It still seems very basic to me as an RPG. Um, so it, I had fun with it, and I played quite a bit of it, but I never beat it or anything. Um, and I definitely did not collect them all. <laughs> nice. Which is fine. You've always kind of already said that you're not really a Pokemon fan, so... I don't I think I was young enough, that. to be honest with you. I think it missed me by uh, a little bit. And that actually just had a 20-year anniversary, too. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that that the idea of being able to take Pokemon and like play games and travel and do things outside of your home was really awesome. And I, I think I probably played my Game Boy Color more than I played anything else. And especially when we were playing Pokemon, you would do battles with friends and you get that link. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the best. You had the, the trade. Link cable. Yeah, you had to trade certain Pokemon. You can get only that. You can only get that particular Pokemon by using the link cable. Yeah. So there was just they just did. I don't know how, but they just did such a great job of capturing a lot of people and yeah. uh, appealing to everybody as much as they could. I guess. Um, well, they did. They they knew the limitations of the hardware, and each yeah. time they iterated on the Game Boy. They took full advantage of the hardware bump. And a great example of this is, oh gosh, here we go again. Uh, Metroid 2, Samus, no, Return of Samus. Oh my gosh. There you go. Um, That game, I think I've said this before, but that game didn't have any of the trappings of even the, the Nintendo Metroid game. You know, obviously you don't have any color, so monochrome. So it's very difficult to tell where you are. And the way they got around that is by having different music for different sections of the map. And you never got to see the map other than if you drew it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the way they tried to get around having to create different subsections within the game. There weren't any. You just kept moving between this big map. And since none of the you know they only coded so many enemies and samus only had so many movements she mm. definitely didn't have too many frames i mean i mean she didn't have any you know metroid super metroid level of frames it was 
just a few frames for her to run and shoot. Um, so it was very low key and yet it still felt like a full fledged, like adventure game in your hands. So the fact that they worked within the confines of this super tiny processing unit and set of hardware is just incredible to me because I mean, how do you, Pokemon's a great example. Like Pokemon is an RPG yeah. and there were at the time 150 when red came out, 150 Pokemon and you know, it was a whole map that you could go through with different gyms and all kinds of people to talk to. The, the fact that that fit on that system is incredible. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You just lost me? It says I have poor connection, apparently. Weird. That's really weird. I don't know how that's possible. We're not winning tonight. <laughs> no, we're not. But uh, I hope I heard everything you said. Um, yeah, I'm going to. What I heard you said was something about 150 Pokemon and. Yeah. And all that we, fitting onto the Game Boy. Yeah. And as it progressed, because I don't really think, and maybe I'm wrong, and I, and I guess if I look at it, when the other Pokemon games came out, there were more and more Pokemon. Yeah. And we got all the way up to Crystal before we moved to the Advanced. So we... Oh, we the ha- Advanced. Exactly. So you have all these... <clears throat> you have several iterations already and you hit 2001 where the game boy advance is released which was upgraded hardware that it expanded the the uh the detailed the details and the complexity you can put into the games that you can play on that yeah and so that that bumped it up for me and i I obviously played Pokemon. I only, th- I now that I think about it, I don't think I had any other Game Boy game other than Pokemon, and very few, and that's kind of sad. But I did, I couldn't, I did play anything other than Pokemon Advance games. So like any Pokemon game, like Ruby and Sapphire, I think it was when we got to Advance. Yep, that sounds about right. And those are the only games I really had. I don't, I don't recall or remember anything significant that I played that came out. And that's kind of sad. Well, I kind of echo that similarly. I just named all four games I had on my Game Boy for the longest time. And again, that was because I had other consoles. Like I had the Nintendo. I had a Sega. Um, And you can't... When you're a kid, you don't have a job. You can't be buying constant games. So if... At the time, I had the choice between a console game and my Game Boy game. I always chose the console game. So I only had a few titles that I hung on to for my Game Boy for the longest time. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it was those were the four. Until I got Zelda. um, uh, And that was later. Again, I'm going to look up the year. Until I got Zelda, those were the four games I had for the Game Boy, and I played them constantly. So it's... Yeah, it, it's weird because when at the time it didn't feel like 
although it was amazing to have these games in your hands to take with you, it also felt very different from the Big Brother consoles. So oh, yeah. it, it, it's, it felt like a half experience, which it wasn't until the Game Boy Advanced that you started to see... Is it Game Boy Advanced or Va- Game Boy Advance? I think it's Advance. Advance. So a D. Yeah. It wasn't until the Game Boy Advance that you see it start to step into console level games and it was like consoles from years past. Um yeah. and I loved my Game Boy Advance. I actually had the Advance and the Advance SP later. Same. Because and, I, that was my favorite. By yeah, far. that thing was amazing. The best. They had a backlit and everything. It was like everything you could ask for in a Game Boy. No uh, re- removable batteries. It was, you know, you plug it in to charge it. That yes. was amazing. It was a huge Genius. change. Yes, it was. And it was so small and fit in your hand. It just folded up. Oh, that I, I need to get another one, one, one of those just to have in my hands. <laughs> I had the lime green one. I love that one. I had the Nintendo one where, like, it had all the Nintendo banding on the controller part of it. Gotcha. And yeah, it was really cool. So uh, that was in 2003 that came out. Yeah. And that was like two years after the Advance, the original one came out. And while both were awesome, the clearly SP was the best. And I think after that, um, and I'm looking at, by the way, the best selling games for every, basically every one of those con- uh, handhelds. And Pokemon was the highest selling game for every single one of them, except Tetris was <clears throat> for the original was the most selling so the rest of them were all pokemon red and blue for all the way up to uh the color gold and silver sold the most at the color and then like ruby and sapphire sold the most with the uh game boy advance so that doesn't surprise me those are really the only games i remember probably because they were the only ones i bought yeah well when the pocket came out and then the color it wasn't until advanced that feel like kids really treated the game boy as the pokemon machine like that's what it was was for the longest time and even after the advance it still fell into that category as you just pointed out the best-selling game on it was pokemon yeah (laughs) so um and you had amazing games on the advance like uh i'm trying to think of a, a good list here in my head but the first two that come to my mind are uh metroid fusion and metroid zero mission um advance wars oh my gosh that was a great game Mm. uh there was just a huge plethora of games and yet still if memory serves it was like by a landslide the number of copies sold of pokemon compared to other games yeah i think the only other game that i remember playing quite often was either monster hunter or it was dungeon no dragon quest their dragon quest monster quest was that a game monster quest sure no i don't think so i think dragon quest was there's a game um, uh god it's gonna they have like little blobs as i think that's dragon quest uh i'll have to do follow up on that because it's gonna bother me but i remember playing that game a lot but that was for the game boy color <clears throat> when it when i was playing it so it wasn't anything after advance but do you remember the the uh, kind of like accessories that came with any of the Game Boys? Uh, Did you own any of them? Yeah, well, so what's funny about the Game Boy, the original, is that um, you had this monochrome screen. It was tiny. And 
if you took it anywhere at night, you could not use it. So, oh, heck no. So the first thing that everybody bought was a magnifier that had a light built into it. Right? Had, so like now yeah. you have this handheld system, which was handheld, and I'm putting that in quotes, and mm-hmm. then you slap this big thing on it to like it like extends off the front of this thing and then it's got this magnifier and then you click on the light it's, it becomes like this whole i don't know what to call it, just this whole contraption at that point yeah <laughs> but that's what you did to play at night right it was it was so fun to have this thing with you and of course you know the game boy didn't eat batteries but it came close and so now you're you're slapping four double a's into this beast and then you need another two double A's for the magnifier with the lamp. So yeah, it was it was a whole you really had to buy into the thing to really get a lot out of it, but it was well worth it. I remember having the little one that was like a, the plug into the side. Oh, the one that was little... powered by like the port? Yeah, I had one of those. Like for... the twisty lamp? Twisty yeah, that thing... straw style lamp. Oh god, those are so bad. But yeah, I like <laughs> get the position positioned it to see the screen and the reflection wasn't always the greatest so it just like ruined the reflection yeah i think it was called dragon quest monsters as the game i played okay maybe uh it seems right up your alley why i just you're very pokemon oriented when it comes to the game boy so it's either dragon quest monsters or dragon warrior monsters which I don't know the difference because they look the same. Well, either way, <laughs> either way, they I were similar. Ah, oh, God, yeah, it was. I don't know, man. I played so many games, but and that's so far along. I don't yeah. remember it. But I, what I find funny about the accessories was there was <clears throat> the one you said the the big magnifying one, and that lasted because they had different iterations all the way up to the color. Yeah. And then the advance advance came out. That's when they tried to do. They still did something similar. I think. Yeah, well, because the advance still didn't have a light, a backlight. Yeah, built into and that's it. Why it wasn't SP until was the awesome. SP came in and put that in there. Yeah, uh, I what... forgot one of the biggest things for the SP for me was the fact that, and this is where it all started, where like handhelds to me became really important. Um, yeah. They put Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, oh, which yeah, is the yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo game, on the Game Boy Advance, which was huge. I was like, holy cow, this is the real deal. Now now we're getting somewhere. And Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission both felt similar. One thing that I regret is that I never bought Minish Cap while I had the Advance. And um, I've actually played it now on the Wii U, and it's a great, even though it's made by Capcom, it's a great Zelda to play. Uh, I remember seeing that, and I, I, one of these days I'm gonna buy that game, and play it. Minish Cap? No. Oh. Sorry. Link to Link the past. Link to the past. And play it, because I just when I remember briefly playing it on a other device, <laughs> I I was like, wow, this is looks so good. Like, yeah. I just couldn't. I was blown away by the graphics. Yeah. But at the time, but uh, jumping back to the Game Boy, the one thing that I. I'd never owned, but I always envied people. Was that stupid camera? The like, oh, Game Boy yeah. camera. You yeah. could take these terrible pictures and then print it. It was like the first selfie with your Game Boy. It was the dumbest thing in the world. Well, and then the way they tried to implement 
using that in the game was just so bad. I mean, yeah. this is this is this is absolutely pure Nintendo right here, right? So like, it's you the get most this, Nintendo thing ever. Yeah, right. You get this this groundbreaking device that changes the name of mobile gaming forever and then they slap this accessory on there that's like what were they thinking (laughs) yeah i just couldn't believe it i and at the time as a kid of course i was in i was like oh this is so cool but yeah and i I remember looking through the commercials and the just the stupid things that they were trying to get kids to to do and and how they were convincing us to buy this silly little camera um but I mean, they tried something similar with, um, no, no, they didn't have a camera. What was the N64 Pokemon game? Pokemon Snap, I think it was. Yeah. Like, they had all these weird gimmicky things, and they still do that. And that's why Nintendo, for whatever reason, still is, has this mentality. Of, it's just, or not mentality, this, this thing that they always do is that they always make something Nintendo-y. Like, they always do something that just goes, ah, yeah, that's so such a thing that Nintendo does. Well, that's and why I give them as much credit as I do, though, because they, they still do it. have slam dunks, but they have the weird, strange things that you're like, why would you do this? How did this make it through quality yeah. control? Or how did this make it through several meetings? You know, yeah. like, let alone one meeting. <laughs> where, I think it's just where the it's culture. Like, it's a camera that you print and you slap it on your Game Boy. Sold. Start making them now. And yeah, it's like, but what? Who said that? But not only do you have to buy the camera, you have to buy the printer. And these things are not small. Like the printer or was cheap. Like this, they were not cheap either. Like, why would you buy these? I think one of my friends had them, <laughs> and I was like, "This is dumb. I yeah. can't believe." As a kid, I I could recognize that this was silly. But well, I thought it was uh, cool. I just was like, "What do you do with it?" And they're like, "You just, uh, you just take your picture." It's like, "Okay, you take your picture." How many yeah. times do you need to do that though? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, now I've done it. Now what do I do? I'm looking through the Game Boy Advance games, and there's quite a few that I missed that I'm kind of upset about. I mean, you had Final Fantasy VI was on there. I mean, come on. That's one of the greatest Final Fantasies ever. Um, A bunch of Final Fantasy games. Fire Emblem started on the Game Boy Advance, and I missed Fire Emblem. I still have not played a Fire Emblem game, and I know that I would love it as soon as I play it. That's dangerous. There's yeah. a lot of Castlevania games that came out on the Advance. I mean, what a great system. Yeah. But then talk about being a great system. Now you're moving on to the 3DS. Like, So we don't have Game Boy anymore, but we have the Nintendo 3D. Or it started no, out no, as the it was DS. the DS. Sorry. Yeah. I, I jumped ahead. Yeah, the come DS on now. came out. And that was just like the upgraded version of a Game Boy, but it added additional screen. Like you had two screens now. Same size. Same size screens. Even a bigger device, but now you had the ability to split, almost have a multi-screen gameplay where one screen would be in touch. I forgot that's a big thing too. One screen would be for menus or like some other feature, then the other would be the actual game being played. And I thought that was insane. When that came out, I thought, wow, this is great. This is going to be awesome. And then they did a really good job, and they're still selling it, even with the Switch out. Well, they're selling the 3DS, to be Correct. clear. Yes. Uh, the DS was the first iteration yes. of that. Of it that tank. It, one thing I don't want to gloss over here is this transition. So, Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, I almost forgot about it myself. So if we go back and look at – hang on. I'm going to pull up the dates here. So, okay. You get, you get the color in 98. 
So yes. 98, the color releases. Then 2001, like you said before previously, the Game Boy Advance releases. Mm-hmm. Then two years later, you get the Game Boy Advance SP, which, I mean, great system. The best. But then two years after that, you get the Game Boy Micro. And this is why it flopped, because you had a backlit system that had a rechargeable battery, blah, blah. And there were competing game systems at the time. And then they came out with the Micro, which was like, you can play Game Boy Advance games, but you also can play original Game Boy games. Cool concept, but it was so mistimed that it lasts. I think it lasted a year at most. It was not even not, not even do well. a full year, I'm not even sure. But I had a friend who played, we were talking about Metroid Fusion and actually Zero Mission, but he liked Fusion a lot. Which is a great game. If you haven't played that game, play that game. Um, and he's like, yeah, I played the whole thing on the Game Boy Micro. And I'm like, you played it on the Game Boy Micro? <laughs> like, what? The Game Boy Advance SP was out at the time. Why would you use play- that instead? I don't... It didn't make any sense to me. So, But he loved it because he could take the Micro anywhere and fit in his pocket. And literally, you know, it was part of his daily carry because it was so tiny. I feel like I would have a like carpal tunnel playing that game. <laughs> Like it's yeah, so even tiny. my tiny T Rex hands, I feel like I'd have a hard time with it. <laughs> my piano hands will not be able to play that. That that is too small, and that that just for me almost makes the uh, the game less enjoyable. So yeah, it, it's weird though because it, was it? And I don't know. This is speculation. So 2005, you get the Game Boy Micro. Was mm-hmm. that the like? Holy crap! It's gonna be three years before we get the Game Boy. Or I'm sorry, the Nintendo DS out. So quick, throw the micro out there. I don't know, because it was a year later that the Nintendo DS came out. That was 2006, and that was a huge, you know, industry breaking system. Nintendo DS came out 2004. Did it? Yeah. Uh, November 2006, March. Where am I seeing this? Hold on. See, now we got to nail it down because, you know, it's important. We're going to get a lot of feedback from a lot of people if we get it wrong. So, 2004 in Japan. So, it must have been 2006 in the U.S. Well, it says North America, 2004. Oh, does it? Yes, it does. Japan. So, what was 2006? It was the first Nintendo handheld to come out to the u.s first before japan huh interesting well, then that right? makes it even more interesting that the micro came out a year after so that was a specific niche there for sure so that makes a lot more sense to me than that like now you're just asking for it like you hmm. bring out the micro after the ds that's even worse <laughs> yeah and i'm looking at the picture of the ds and that's the exact same ds that i own that i still have right behind me I want to reiterate, though, that, like, it's not that I don't remember it because it was well-known. Like, the micro, I didn't even I didn't even know anybody at the time who had a micro. I hadn't even yeah. heard of it until much, much later and didn't even know it was out. So it, it really was silent through the market and just got panned really hard. Um, so, yeah, the DS came out in 2004. That's crazy. And then, yeah, and I think... The DS, I don't know if if it... Uh, oh, wow. So the DS Lite was 2006. Uh, that makes yeah. more sense. The unit sold is saying 154 million worldwide. 
as of June 30th, 2016, probably when they stopped re stopped actually paying attention to the mount. Maybe I don't know. This is the DS. The DS, yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, I did not have the DS. I didn't step into the DS family. Unlike the Game Boy, I I had quite a few Game Boys. I did not have a DS until I actually bought my refurbished 3DS that I still have. So, right. um, and that and they and that came before like there was D there was a DS and there was a DS Lite then there was a 2DS I think no. No, the that 2D- was that was after that's the after 3DS the 3DS because yeah. the 2DS came out because it was an economical version of the 3DS, but it wasn't 3D. It had two screens. It was flat. It wasn't like foldable. It was flat, right? Yeah, that's the 2DS. So, again, Nintendo being Nintendo, that that totally threw people off. I'm sure, at least it did for me. But now we're at a stage where we've gone through these iterations. You went, we got even to as recently the 3DX, 3DS XL, which was a bigger version with a bigger screen, uh, smaller. Um, and what's crazy is that the, I actually have one up here, but now we have like this progression to the new Nintendo switch. And my question before we, before you answer, before you say anything, it almost makes me wonder if these are two different things. This is not the same, the same. Uh, what word am I using? Platform. The this the switch is much different than the 3ds. It it, it plays to a different group of people. Would you agree? Oh, would I? This is the question I grapple with all the time because I have a 3ds and I have a switch and, yeah. um. Before we before I answer, let's also highlight the fact that so we we finally nailed the nailed down the date of the DS after ten minutes. Um, so it was two thousand four. Mm-hmm. So it's not till two thousand eleven that the three DS comes out. That's right. where the three DS starts. That's a long time to have a console, and you know, thinking on it, two thousand eleven to twenty nineteen, and the three DS is still going strong. Though some people are saying it's winding down now. They're going to wind it down because they'll have the supposedly cheaper version of the Switch coming, supposedly. Right, supposedly. Ultimately, if you kind of zoom out a little bit, you can start to write a narrative about this is where Nintendo was going all these years. And you can't say that for every console, but you start looking at things like the Wii U, and you start looking at, at the time, the 3DS coming out, you you can draw a line between them to a convergence, and that being the Switch. To actually answer your question going back, yes, I still feel like they're very different animals. Because the 3DS, the, the DS, and then the 3DS, and thereby the 2DS, the games on them started to feel more console-esque. And just like with mobile games on my phone and my iPad, I'm still going for the handheld console that I can take with me, which is the Switch, right? The Switch is a console-level game system, and you can take it with you. Uh, And that's still shocking to me. Like, you can take Skyrim with you. Yeah, it's a port, and 
I don't think I'd prefer it on the Switch. That doesn't mean that it's not super awesome that you can take it with you. Right. So, it, yeah, to give you a short answer, yes, to me, they're two different things. The 3DS is very close to feeling like a fully-fledged console, but still feels like a handheld. Whereas, for the first time ever, in my opinion, and again, I didn't own any Vitas or PSPs, but for the first time ever, the Switch feels like a real console, but you can take it with you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's my thing is why I t- to think that there are two separate things. There's two separate entities, two separate people or platforms that we're playing on. And we we didn't talk about PSP or the Vita or any others really, the, even the game gear we kind of glossed over (laughs) easy it's the game gear (laughs) uh but those those were happening at the same time that nintendo was releasing these other products but i and i owned a psp did you yeah i had the psp i played my first final fantasy game on psp which really wasn't a final fantasy game oh (laughs) tell me it wasn't the cerberus whatever it was uh, um what was the name of the final fantasy 7 yes it was not seven PSP uh game. crisis core crisis tell me core, it wasn't yes. crisis core yes it was crisis oh, core no. it was so good was it i loved it i heard terrible terrible things about that game and that's probably why i liked it because it was <laughs> different did you than... get any of the storyline like it's a whole i don't even remember yeah anything. you're like missing the whole story <laughs> Uh, oh my no, gosh I, I enjoyed it well that's uh, good i'm glad because that means that you're ripe for final fantasy 7 the real game yeah okay but let's not get back to that anyway <laughs> sorry uh but yeah i i i guess i just didn't like it as much as i liked uh the game boy kind of feel to things and while the psp wasn't going for that it was going for really in my eye my eyes what the switch is doing now it tried to take a playstation game or playstation 2 uh and bring it to the the, portable to a portable device yeah uh and it it semi did that i mean it it attempted to do that but it really wasn't the the technology wasn't there i don't think or no it didn't sell people as much and the vita was like the next step of trying to do that again and And it came close Still didn't do it. For yeah, me. it came close. I would say the Switch, though, is the first time where I feel like it succeeded. Yeah. And what's going to be fun and interesting going forward is there's no there's no doubt they're going to sunset the 3DS. You cannot have them competing against each other, which I still feel like they're not right now. But what's going to happen, you've got this console-level console, right, the Switch, Mm. which can play Skyrim, can play Doom, can play, I don't know, name off the titles, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. And yet you have this market of people playing the 3DS who are still looking for those smaller sized games or smaller, I, I don't know how to describe them. They're not they're not console games. They're the Pokemons. They're um, Pocket monsters they're pocket games yeah the the pokemon games the the fire emblem games which there are fire emblem games on the switch and soon to be yeah but they're different you know it's i I don't know how to describe it so fire emblem may be a poor example because i feel like the gameplay is similar on both but 
It's just that you get better cinematics and graphics on the Switch version. But on the 3DS, you still have 2D-style games. You still have um, smaller experiences, non-console-level experiences. And for some people, that's the reason they buy a 3DS. So what happens now? You've got a Switch, and they're building console-level games. Let's, let's not bring up the indies here. Because mm. the indies are doing all kinds of things on the Switch. And that's great. But we're talking about Nintendo. If Nintendo now has the Switch, are they going to start bringing those experiences from the 3DS-style games or Game Boy-style games or DS-style games into the Switch? I don't know. That's, that's... going to be the fun thing that they will answer at some point. Because yeah, the two options I see are, yes, you just... You just all buy into the switch and now the switch is the handheld which probably is the most likely or they come up with some kind of new iteration on the smaller sized handhelder i don't even know what to call it like the handheld handheld that can't be the 4ds we're going to the fourth (laughs) dimension (laughs) yeah It, it like plays through your uh your brain waves i don't know (laughs) you know what's funny actually just a side tangent here you know if you will yeah the 3ds i really like my 3ds a lot and i actually play quite a bit of my games in 3d Mm -hmm. i don't think a lot of people do that Um, no it makes me really nauseous and that's so weird because you know i have weird eye problems here and there and it bothers me to go see 3D movies. Like, I can't stand it. I really cannot stand 3D movies. Not just because the slower frame rate, which bothers me anyway, but the the 3D part of it bothers my eyes. So the fact that the 3DS... And again, the first 3DS I bought was the... <laughs> so they had, the, they had the 3DS, the 3DS XL, then the mm. new 3DS, and then the new 3DS XL. So there's actually four models. <laughs> I got Jeez. the new 3DS XL. And so the 3D was improved and blah, blah. And it didn't use as much power. So I use it all the time. And it doesn't bother my eyes. Um, and it it's nice. I like it quite a bit. Uh, I, I think for me it was... The fact that you can dial down the 3D, yeah, and which which was nice, and while 3D provided people to play games with a, that sort of feel, to to have that pop out, I just didn't care for it, and I'm glad that they let you dial it down all the way because it, the game itself or the uh, handheld itself was still really good. Yes, and like you just mentioned, and I I think I'd like to close on that is that now we're stuck with not stuck, but Nintendo Switch is really this this could be the opportunity for them to just to stick with the switch and have that type of the still merge the two types of games to through this console and here's why i say this is because the maintainability of both yeah paths like i just don't see them trying to develop two separate devices split the the profits but but i don't know how many people are going to be really wanting to pursue the Game Boy-esque, DS-esque um, path anymore because now we have this Switch that has the the hardware to play actual console games mobily and still at the same time provide the same feel, if or at least close enough to it, 
of playing some of these other games uh, that can be ported over, possibly, uh, over from the DS and 3DS slash maybe even Game Boy games over to uh, the this the Switch. And they're already doing not they're not I wouldn't say it's the same because technically the SNES games or the Super Nintendo games that came out that are now available with the arcade or not arcade but if you get online Nintendo online um they were console games to begin with but like you're bringing these older games to the Switch and I I just feel like t- we're going to get to the point where it's just the Switch the DS will continue to sell and they probably won't continue to make games anymore i don't even know how often they release games for the 3ds i feel like they're now just including a lot of e-shop games and they just throw a bunch of uh ports from older like game boy and game boy advance and whatnot so um i would be surprised in two years if the 3ds franchise or path hasn't been killed off yeah well the um they just released new games a couple months ago for it. Wow, so, that's insane. So they're still, and that's the shocking part, is they're still developing it. So, and you mentioned the two consoles or two products at the same time. They've been doing mm. that for a long time now. Yeah. So I don't think they have a problem splitting the profits, but you, I think, like you're saying, you can get a gain by removing a whole division mm-hmm. and moving that to the switch it's just what i hope and and this the switch makes it hard because the switch is necessarily dipping into the 3ds style of play where you can take it with you so now you have to try harder or work harder if you have two products you have to really define both and right they're obviously not working very hard to define how the switch fits in with that on purpose because I think that's probably their go forward is just to do Switch and kill off the 3DS like you're saying. That said, I really hope whatever strategy they're choosing or whichever way they go, that we still get I don't want I see I don't have a good word for what they are set of words for what they are, but the older style or mobile style or handheld style games yeah. still come to the Switch. And I don't mean just the ports. I, of course, love, would love for them to continue to port all the Game Boy Advance, DS, 3DS games to the Switch. But I also want to see new development. Um, a great example is on the 3DS, Samus Returns. I got it right. Um, is a new Metroid game, but in the old style of Metroid. And, you know, however much you want to rate as rate it as a success or not it still took modern graphics and modern approach to a 2d side scroller it still while it was rendered in 3d was still in a 2d style game so that's the kind of thing i want to see them moving forward okay great you you have this new hardware you have this new console that can handle doom skyrim you know high level higher level i should say console level games or pc games but then don't lose the audience that you have with the 3ds and the ds style games and the game boy style games like keep iterating on that and keep bringing forward maybe better graphics but still in those same styles of play i don't want to lose that you hear that nintendo yeah nintendo 
Do that, Josh. Do that for Josh. Do do what he just said. Yeah, Nintendo. You're listening for sure, so um, do what I say. Oh, I think uh, old man Justin's getting to the point where he's tired and wants to go to bed. <laughs> All right. Fine. I get it. I uh, I wanted to say happy birthday, Game Boy. Yeah. You have provided me with years of great memories. Lots of fun times playing Pokemon and staying up real late, even though I'm supposed to be in bed for school the next day, and my arm and hand falling asleep and because I was playing too much. And I remember so many times where I'd be like, oh, my hand hurts so bad. And my mom was like, well, then put the game down. I go, no, I need to keep playing. <laughs> and I kid you not, I, I if you ask my mom, she probably would say, yeah, he said that a couple of times. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, a whole different thing. And I agree. Happy birthday, Game Boy. Thank you for all the years of making me addicted to games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you for being the gateway drug. Exactly. <laughs> That's literally what it was. The iPod of the gaming world. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Nice. All right, Josh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see you later. Bye. Fine. Bye. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.